in your corner, saving one investor at a time, working for clients, not companies, all while bullyproofing portfolios, totally committed to sharing academic truths about investing, always representing Main Street and not Wall Street. It's your Sound Money team, and this is the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. Hello, and welcome to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. To receive your complimentary and personalized financial income plan, give us a call, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester and Florence. And Greg, what's our show today? Today, it's going to be about confronting market volatility and then the strategies on how to manage the market volatility during your retirement. Now, Winston Churchill once said, a pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity, but an optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. That would be very nice to live by. Bouncing your step, a sense of optimism and hope and forward-lookingness would be good serve us well to look back too much, too often, unless, well, like today, looking back on what markets can do and using that, processing that to play forward on how to be better prepared going forward. You might think that might be helpful. I do. Most people, you know, those who are successful in this world, they seek optimistic approaches to about everything they do. And um, I hope that's true for you. I'd like it to be more true for me, James. The more positive about life we are, the happier we are. Success often kind of reflects that. Success seems to follow that positive attitude. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. It's kind of like an aura, like, oh, however, like in life, still unexpected things can happen and they can happen at any given moment. And we know things like from, you know, serious illness to the death of a loved one, natural disasters. We're from Oklahoma and boy, talk about some disasters. We thought that they were recreational activities back in the day, but uh, now that we're older and you got a sense of your own mortality, you don't run towards tornadoes, you run from them, folks, okay? Global pandemics we've been facing, enduring, and going through. Many things that are actually, you know, if you think about it, they're just hard to outright plan for. You just almost have to box them out, pencil them in as things that can happen that are of a catastrophic nature that you know can happen anytime, but you can't live your life as though they're knocking at your doorstep. You know, how many times have you worried about something that never came about? Well, we can tell you that bear markets and market corrections, they will come about. So we need to stress test and prepare and have plans in place and strategies that are that are flexible and dynamic um, and, and fine-tuned towards optimum and you know ultimate success. Now, it may seem like it's nearly impossible, James, to prepare for potential life-changing events, but you know there are always things through planning that we can do. To make a difference, you might be thinking to yourself out there that no one plans for unexpected illness or a viral outbreak or a tree falling on your house, right? What, what's that, guys? What's whose fault is it when bad things happen um, to your car, to your house, and he's laying on top of your car as your glass breaks, and he's from from one of those insurance companies? Yeah, that guy seems to persist in all of our lives. I can't remember his name, but you know who I'm thinking about. He shows up when bad things happen and makes the point. Hey, you should have had such and such. Well, you can have Brown. Brown can be your solution. The Sound Money team right here can be your solution 
ahead of time in advance to make all the difference. So whether you do actually have homeowner's insurance to protect your home for you know unforeseen events or life insurance on a loved one, there's always ways to be proactive for the unexpected. So you don't have to be pessimistic or have such an outlook on life to prepare for things just like this. You just need to be a little more proactive. And, you know, we've said for a long time, people will, they'll insure their house, their car, their bodies. Why not their nest egg? James, some thoughts. Oh, yes. Insuring your retirement. That's, that's a pretty good concept. Now, here's some thought-provoking questions to tie into today's show. So for starters, this is, first of all, assuming that you have a plan when you should maybe consider changing or altering your plan. That means how do you change or update or alter your investment plan, your retirement plan, your income plan? How important is it to define and manage your risk tolerance, not only during your working years, but also during retirement? How do you create a diversified, easy for me to say, how do you create a diversified or balanced plan for retirement? To what extent should retirees have investments allocated to stocks, also known as equities, which is also to say at market risk? Does the traditional, the old-fashioned buy and hold method still apply for retirees? Or should you have maybe a more active management? This is like saying active versus passive on the management style of your portfolio. What role should your financial advisor play during turbulent, also known as volatile times in the market? Are there any potential advantages of a market pullback or even a bear market? What is the sequence of returns risk and how can it be avoided or can it be avoided? What are some steps to take now to maybe prepare for the next bull market and bear market cycle? Remember, it does come and go with the cycles, bull and then bear, sometimes pullbacks in between. What is not only leveraging, but also the concept of deleveraging and how does it apply to retirement? You know, there's a, there's a lot to that and a lot to cover today. I hope we make it through all of that. But you're always welcome to come in to uh, just have an assessment of where you are. It's a, it's a portfolio review and analysis. What we'll look at is your current holdings and positions. Look at the internal spreads, fees, margins, loads, and costs. Make sure your plan lines up to your purpose, purpose for money, the projection that you have as your goal in sight for your eventual retirement, wherever you are will come alongside and carry you forward working together as a quarterback. And uh, we'll make sure that we put enough points on the board that by the end of the game, you're going to score more points than the opponent. The opponent is all those things oppressing or pushing back against your success. And we want to be there, make a difference. We can help with estate planning, insurance advisory, investment management, financial management, income planning, pension maximization, social security maximization, uh, bringing it all together. To, to make sure that on a holistic basis, kind of like the Mayo Clinic of uh, Financial Services, it can all work together with great synergy, great exponential power, horsepower under the hood. So many of you out there are still optimistic, and you should be very positive, long-term out, uh, outlook, if you will, in the market. Always have a long view to the market, not next 20 minutes, 20 days, 20 months, but more so the 10, 15, 20 years. You know, most any investment strategy we'll have, we'll have buckets of money that are, that are, um, Leveraging the opportunity in three-year, five-year, seven-year, 10-year periods and the rest of your forever, because your investment horizon really does boil down to the rest of your forever. But have you thought about another pandemic pullback or a 2008-like market correction and what it could mean to your retirement? The last thing you want for your retirement is to have it all negatively impacted because you did not plan properly. So today we want to discuss some of the right ways and wrong ways to handle market volatility. 
so that you have a strategy that can stick throughout retirement. And, um, you know, occasionally it takes calling an audible. For, for folks that think just passive investing works, James, you just mentioned the benefits of active management or, you know, consider the benefits of active management. Well, you better hope your airline pilot's active and at the helm or the ship's captain or anyone else. Or how about an astronaut with all the big plans now going that robustly back to the moon or to Mars and back? OK, not a one way trip. I hope we can do a, you know, a round bagger there. But but think about it. Yes, there's a passive flight plan that says from here to there. That's the way you get there. OK. This is true about your retirement, the things you use, the planning you do, the, the incremental steps you pursue. But we also know it needs to come with adjustments. You run into weather patterns as a pilot. You make adjustments to altitude, attitude. You work around it. You try to get everyone safely, soundly, and appropriately on time to the final destination. And that would be the same in, in the, the obstacles that face people in space. You know, reposition the old space station because of things flying around called space debris, space junk, or occasionally those uh, those particles of bursting from the sun that are not so healthy for the astronauts inside, not well protected. We want you to feel insulated, protected, and on track with minor adjustments as necessary to arrive to your final destination of total retirement success. So just some thoughts there as we kind of kick along the idea of what we're going to cover today in this confronting market volatility and strategies, how to manage market volatility during your retirement. So, James, what about some potential advantages of a market pullback? Well, before we get to that, I want to just kind of go back and talk about a couple of things in general. One reason why people feel unsettled when there is any type of a market pullback, like the last couple of days where we had a little bit of, of the markets taking a downturn, is when they don't have proper balance in their portfolios. Here's what I mean by that. Not everyone should be at 100% market risk. Very simply, it's just not how they're wired. Some people are wired for that. Some people are not. Everyone has a risk number, and that risk number can be a little bit different from person to person, even from husband to wife. What's important is to stay in your proper lane, if you want to call it that, as yeah. far as if you're more of a balanced investor, that's how you should be allocated. That means you should have some of your money that's not at full market risk, not at full equities version of market risk. It's okay to once in a while say, well, there's a 20% chance of rain today. Should I maybe bring an umbrella or should I wear maybe a protective jacket just in case it does rain? You know, there's an 80% chance of maybe it not raining, right? Think of the market kind of in that same concept. There's an 80% chance that the market doing well today or this week or this month or this year. What's your time horizon? This week, this month, this year, or is it longer than that? There also might be a 20% chance of a pullback. Again, this week, this month, this year, or we're looking at a longer time horizon. So those are just, in general, some of the concepts we're going to cover today is different ways of maybe confronting the market volatility and ways of maybe manage that approach. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help. But stay tuned, you're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. Opinions expressed are solely those of Brown Financial Advisors and should not be interpreted as specific advice. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified investment advisors prior to implementation. Market-based investments involve risk and past performance is no guarantee of future results. Insurance-based investments offer guarantees based upon the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. All insurance, tax, and mortgage services are offered through Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors 
Advisors, LLC. Brown Financial Advisors and Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors are affiliated companies and may only transact business in those states in which registered or were otherwise legally permitted. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borton. We are a registered investment advisor firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. If you're seeking advice on an old 401k, 403b, some type of employer-sponsored plan, perhaps even an NUA analysis, here's the point about that. If you're no longer with the company, as a rule, your money should not be there either. We can help you roll that out into a tax neutral IRA, take control of your money. Again, phone number 513-575-9654. Visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, share your thoughts to team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Okay, back on our subject for today, the topic confronting market volatility strategies on how to manage market volatility during retirement. Okay, James, here's a twist. Tell us why there's potential advantage of market pullbacks. Yes. Now, granted, bear markets, even market pullbacks, they usually hurt just about everyone that's invested in the stock market, at least everyone who's invested long in the stock market. But there can be some advantages to this. For example, if you are dollar cost averaging, which is a potential way to take advantage of discount prices, maybe with the air quotes about discount prices during a bear or market pullback, here's what that means. If you're investing, let's just say, a fixed amount of money at a specific interval, here's a good example, $500 every month, and the fund or the stock that you're investing in goes down in value, that means you're able to buy more stuff with that same $500. Now, if the market goes up, that just also means that you're going to buy fewer shares. But during a time of a downturn, you will be able to buy more. That's the whole point. You're still investing on a consistent basis. So we do feel like it's important to continue investing in the stock market, in the market in general. But once again, in the right way, in the right fashion, according to your budget, according to your plan, that's important, having a plan and sticking to the plan. Greg, what's next? <clears throat> Excuse me. I was just thinking um, as that $500 rolls into the market on that you know specific interval over time, that dollar cost averaging, it's just, it's powerful stuff. It really is. You know, just the, the little bit of a nugget of just, obviously when markets are higher, that $500 buys fewer shares. But when it's lower, you get more shares. Just that little bit of times when you're going to get more shares for the money. And then as it recovers, more bang for the buck. And also, I want to be specific about, you know, tied to our topic, during market volatility periods and during retirement, kind of conjoin those two thoughts, because here's what's important. You may feel entering retirement that you have enough money, your income's good, you'll just stay invested long and aggressive with all equities because you can handle it, you can stomach it, you won't lose sleep and et cetera. You're a seasoned investor, you're an experienced investor, you know markets go up, down, and over time they build wealth and build value. Get it, got it, good. But there's a difference when you transition to retirement. We'll talk here in a second about sequence of returns when you're in you know accumulation versus distribution. But I'm speaking now back on the same topic of component here of market pullbacks. What's so important is if you ran a 70-30 or 75-25 type portfolio versus 100-0, meaning 75% equity, 25% bond and fixed income, you know, a moderate aggressive or growth profile versus an allocation of 100% equities, 
you'll find that you might do better in retirement when you're no longer able to contribute money into the market. You'll do better with the risk allocated 7525 than you would the 100 zero. Why? Because no new money's coming in, you have to almost create your own little ecosystem. And what happens is when markets fluctuate and volatility comes and pullbacks occur, there is buying opportunity. But if you have no more money to bring to the party to buy anything, how do you replicate that? By rebalancing. Our portfolios are structured that at least two times, sometimes um, more often, depending on big macro market movements, but at least two times a year, what will happen is an adjustment will occur. Just like your spine gets out of adjustment, you need to see the chiropractor. Well, rebalancing is the chiropractic touch, the magic hands that put things back in balance. So if 75-25 with equities going down causes your portfolio to have like 70% or 65% equities and more in bonds, the bonds and fixed income get sold off. They're more stable anyway. And that cash goes into buying the equities on sale. And this just continues to happen. So it replicates a little economic, environmental, you know, just just a little ecosystem of you building wealth in a unique way that's similar to the days in which you get dollar cost average when you're adding money. So it's important to see people specialize in this financial phase of life. Anyway, James, sequence of returns. One of the biggest concerns people have today is running out of money and people are living longer. They fear they'll spend it right through and end up with, you know, too quickly running out of money. Inflation. We're hearing about inflation starting to get ugly. Well, that can have an impact on retirement, right? It takes more dollars to buy the same stuff today than it did yesterday and, you know, last week, last year, et cetera. That will cause you in a time when you're on a fixed income to take the same money out of your retirement but have to spend more and get less, okay? And start to pinch your lifestyle if you're not careful. It needs to be one of the components of a plan. But one of the most significant risks for retirees today is known as sequence of returns risk. Now, this risk is that the timing of your withdrawals from your retirement account, it'll have a negative impact on your overall rate of return. Well, why is that? Well, it can have a significant impact on a retiree who depends on income from a lifetime of savings and investing, and it's no longer contributing new money, new capital, to offset those losses, okay? Well, why is that? Well, we're getting to it. We're getting to it. Think of it this way. If you were drawing a certain amount of money from your investments based on the value of the account, but the value starts to go down rapidly because of a bear market or market pullbacks or major corrections, and you keep taking the same dollar amount, you're taking a significantly and measurably larger percentage of your account, and it will overwhelm the Alamo, is going to burn down. It's going to go down. So you have to have plans in place to moderate and modulate the risk appropriately to, to have more of a shock absorption method to be able to handle the distribution through different market cycles so that you don't run out of money. Or you actually have to do something that might be against most of your better judgment, you might think. And that is you listen to people say that fully insured accounts are bad, annuities are bad. Well, hey, some of them are. Some of them are just misused and are fine. And some are just good, darn right good and used properly. So what I'm getting at is there might be some of your money you just have to fully insure and protect against protecting against any loss or market exposure or market value drop whatsoever. So there's just some things to be aware of. So when you retire, you know, you're no longer adding money. So you're probably drawing money from them, right? And if the market drops significantly in the first few years, the sequence of returns, your withdrawal in retirement can be affecting your market value and increasing, accelerating the, the, the likelihood that you'll run out of 
most or even all of your money before you run out of life. That could reduce your nest egg significantly and increase the chance again of running out of money before you pass away. So anyway, uh, we have a hypothetical example we might share with you to explain this better. James? Yeah. So in this hypothetical example, we have a 65-year-old retiring with an account balance of a healthy $1 million. Now, in this case, they need to take a withdrawal rate of 5% a year, which is, by the way, $50,000. That's what they need to solve for their income gap. But they also want to account for the potential rate of inflation rearing its ugly, nasty head and continuing and having an impact not only this year, but in futures as well. So we're building in to this income plan or this hypothetical example here that they're also accounting for a 3% average rate of inflation each year. So in this hypothetical example, the retiree generates a positive return on his money in 15 of the next 20 years. Sounds like a pretty good deal, right? Mm -hmm. But here's the downside. In those sequence of returns in those next hypothetical 20 years, they had some large losses in two of the first three years of retirement. Year one, for example, loses 25%. Year number two gains 10%. But year number three loses another 20%. So now, although the gains are significant, if you look at the overall averages, averaging a positive 10% rate of return, but in the first two of the three years, they had losses. So what did that do? Well, based on the sequence of returns, this person wound up running out of money prior to running out of life. By year number 18, that account had been completely exhausted simply by taking income from the portfolio and also accounting for inflation, taking a little bit more and more each and every year. So by year number 18, the account had been completely depleted. So perhaps a better way of addressing this risk is by allocating some or a portion of the nest egg, going back to the balanced approach, to safer vehicles that are more efficient at generating income. Once again, current income versus future growth, trying to serve two masters, Maybe something is a little bit better to be done one way versus the other way. So throughout the show today, we will discuss these different vehicles that are more efficient at creating the current income versus the market-based approach of the future growth. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help. But stay tuned, you're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. Hello and welcome back to what? The Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors, of course. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Worth, and we are an independent RIA, a registered investment advisory firm. We do work for clients and not companies, and it does all start with a plan. That means having a plan, knowing what you own and why you own it. So whether you're seeking advice on an old 401k, 403b, IRA rollover, investment planning, retirement planning, income planning, Tax planning, notice they all have something to do with planning, right? (laughs) Even Social Security maximization, Roth conversion analysis, NUA analysis, and for some, even an in-service rollover. All those and more we can help, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, y'all. All right. Confronting market volatility. James, you rattle off a number of services that we offer in this holistic firm that we we have. And folks, bottom line, you come in, we'll assess where you're at. 
We'll make specific recommendations. We'll share everything we know. You'll, everything will be transparent. You'll know the cost of the repair work, the management fee. We, we are fee-based. It'll be so so clear. You'll find that it's um, very consumer investor friendly, and uh, we wouldn't be here today. But it's just important for you to know that that if you're facing a pension or um, a decision on income or Social Security and starting it or these Medicare decisions uh, as you've come off of a health care plan with your company or individual plan as you approach age you know, 65. What if you're out there and the company's doing buyouts and you're wondering how to properly assess, evaluate and make your best move? You have old 401ks. They're still out there lingering. Let's get your private plan together. Let's put the plan that's made for you, not the company, not not the brokerage community or Wall Street, one for Main Street, you know, just working alongside one another here in the Main Street. So preparing for the bear, the, the bear market. Well, now that we've shed some light on what a bear market entails and sequence of returns risk, we want to give you a few simple tips on how to prepare for the down markets. They do come, you know. In that last segment, James, you're talking about 15 out of 20 years were successful, good, positive return years. You know, if that was a 20-year career in, in the baseball, it'd be like, wow, your batting average is probably pretty strong, but you still missed the pennant in the most critical times because you were lagging in those periods most critical. And it ends up making the career look a lot different. Maybe not going to make it to the Hall of Fame after all. These are similar, I, I guess, illustrations, if you will. Now, I know... We all probably want to put all of our money into investments. You might say, hmm, who's he talking to? Some kind of investment, right? And you hope, though, if it's market-based investments, that it's going to go up. If we all knew that would happen, investing would be such an easy game. But unfortunately, unfortunately, investing is not such an easy game. Uh, I like what you said earlier about just owning your risk, your allocation. If you're a 60-40 moderate investor and that's how you score from a risk assessment, risk tolerance, then own it. Own it. Don't let uh, news and noise of the day get in your mind. Change your psyche of how you invest. Start guessing. Start timing. Start track record investing. Fear no. and greed. Fear, fear of greed. missing. Fear of missing out. If you hear the acronym FOMO, fear <laughs> of missing out. Yes, over and over. You you got out because you were afraid. You reluctant to get back in. And when you did get back in, you blame everyone else and their dog that but yourself. And taking responsibility that that you deferred, you delayed, you reacted to fear. You're so out of step with your dance partner of the market at this point. What do you do? You dance. Yeah, just get in and start dancing. No one said it had to be perfect. You had to be perfect. You know, they, there's an old saying, you can't score unless you're in the game. You can't do it from the bench, people. You know this. We know this. So we need to make sure you're in the right risk. You can handle the journey. You'll get your reward for risk taken. But if you get in too far on the deep side and someone starts to splash, the water goes over your head, and you have trouble breathing. Of course you react. You're in a place you shouldn't belong to begin with. So, James, thank you for mentioning that, to own your risk through all market conditions according to a plan. We're not going to put you in the wrong place, but you can get out of the right place, can't you? That's what we kind of battle with from our side of the table, if you will. So kind of keep that in mind. We want to work together in concert. Now, unfortunately, that investing thing about not being an easy game, well, there's a lot uh, of things going on with it. One of those things being just able to adjust to market volatility. So without going too far in depth about building a proper plan to prepare for the next bear market, because you can come in, we'll do that complimentary. That means free, an entire comprehensive plan, all the recommendations, all the assessment evaluations of, of where you are with analysis, 
complimentary. You have everything to gain, nothing to lose, a little bit of your time, a lot of our time and expertise will be invested in you with you leaving your wallet and purse at home. But we'll give you a couple, a couple of simple steps here that you may want to touch on with your significant other, or better yet, your financial advisor, such as us, come on in. Number one, and can you accept the unexpected? Can you ex accept the unexpected? Just like with anything in life, the stock market comes both good and bad. None of us have a crystal ball, and none of us can predict exactly when the market's going to rebound when it's down or take a turn for the worse when it's up. So we can make predictions based on the economy, you know, some fundamentals in the market, many different factors, but there's no guarantee in that. You can feel perfectly fine today, have eaten the healthiest meal you've had this week, and step out to begin your day only to what? Suffer a heart attack. Okay? It's that way. That's just the way it is. We want to be prepared. Are you prepared for that? Are you prepared for it as it relates to money, markets, financial planning, estate planning? Do you have a will, trust, power of attorney, uh, medical and financial power of attorneys? You know, just even saying uh, random remarks like I did brings back a tie down to planning. Are you prepared? There are things you can be doing to be prepared. And then there's things that you can do, such as just learn to accept some of the unexpected. The market will have its swings. But you could potentially, potentially take advantage of both the good and bad, as we've illustrated, dollar cost averaging, rebalancing of portfolios, taking advantage of equities being on sale from time to time. Bottom line, accept the unexpected or accept the fact the market will have to drop at some point in time. Well, you mentioned the legal documents like the powers of attorney, both for financial and medical. Here's something else that once in a while is good just simply to do a checkup, which is your beneficiary designation forms. That means every account should have a beneficiary on file. And there are advantages, believe it or not, to making sure that that's a living person as a named beneficiary. Here's what I mean by that. For many people with IRAs, we hear this quite a bit where they say, I want to set up my trust as being the primary beneficiary of my IRA. Well, that's that's okay, and that can be done, but there could be a disadvantage of doing it that way. What we usually prefer to see is for a living person to be the primary beneficiary and the trust being listed maybe as the contingent beneficiary. That way, it's the catcher's bit in case something bad happens to your primary beneficiary, and you never get around to updating your beneficiary form. But with the living person named as the beneficiary, it ensures that they at least have the, the option of continuing the IRA in a beneficiary format. Here's what that means. An IRA is tax-deferred money in general. That means money has never been taxed. A beneficiary IRA enables that beneficiary, ironically enough, to retain that account in the IRA tax status, which is to say stay in control at least for the next five to ten years how much taxes they pay on the distributions from those IRAs, from those retirement accounts. That's just a little nugget or tidbit of maybe some estate planning advice of what we like to see. So for people with IRAs, there are still advantages to having a named living person as your primary beneficiary. Typically, of course, it's going to be your spouse if you're married. Now, the next one, as far as the different tips are concerned, how to prepare is to consider deleveraging. Now, leveraging is the concept of borrowing money at any level for whatever purpose. That's leveraging. Deleveraging means paying off the debt. So, for example, you could do leveraging to buy a car. You could do leveraging to buy your home, also known as a mortgage, by the way, or even to buy investments. Yes, people do margin accounts 
and they borrow money to then buy different investments. Not advisable. It can be a good thing if you're if the market and your accounts are doing great. And it could be a horrible thing if you're not doing so well or not doing so great. It could be like doubling down with the baby's milk money and then going home with no money and a hungry baby. You just have to be careful. And there are better ways to plan into building your wealth than, than some of that. Um, we, we can smell someone who's in trouble a mile away if they're getting too deep into margin. But it is. It's like there's good debt and bad debt, too, James, as and we all know. Very much. It's a cost of money issue. So the debt to borrow can be a severe burden during a bear market or during a market pullback. Yep. If you take a big loss in a down market and you're paying on debt, it can also add a lot more to the stress levels. Mm. So in order to be successful in a bear market, you should get rid of the debt as far as the affordable part of your debt. So once again, based on your plan, based on your budget, what you can afford to deleverage, that is going to help a lot. So the bottom line is the affordability. If you can affordably pay off the houses, the credit cards and other debts as, as fast as possible, that's a recommended piece of advice, affordable, all right? Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help. But stay tuned, you're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. The talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are an independent registered investment advisor firm. That means we do work for clients and not companies. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. And Greg, where we leave off? Well, we're continuing with confronting market volatility, you know, some strategies to help manage market volatility during retirement. And we covered, um, uh, number one, accept the unexpected. Okay. Number two, deleverage, get in control of the debt or awareness of it. Retire some that's unnecessary. Retire the bad. Consider keeping the good and repositioning appropriately because it's all about cash flow and retirement. So you have to have your inflows and your outflows in harmony, if you will. Now we're, we're knocking on the door of a number three, diversify. Diversify as common sense as this sounds. This seems to be a problem that we see many people having in throughout retirement. They seem to to diversify into things that are popular or fun, or they they think will do well, or that they like, or they'll you know get too filled up with too many stocks during good times, and it's like chasing the market. But you know they think people in general that um, that they're diversified just because their nest eggs invested between a few mutual funds. And if you listen to certain people on the radio, they'll just tell you just own a handful of mutual funds and you're good to go like they are. They should have, they have no business actually making market comments um, when they're not qualified, but uh, they're out there. There's always someone out there with an opinion on about everything. So be careful who you listen to and your source of information. That's actually what they do for people on a daily basis. There's a good tip. Like whatever you all do out there, I'm sure you're really good at it. And we'd like to think that, if we needed help, we'd come to you for that expertise and that the same be true of us. So be careful just to be overly diversified, to be diversified thinking that you're diversified because you own a bunch of stuff or because you have a nest egg filled with a few mutual funds. Mutual funds, by the way, can be dangerous to your financial health. Okay, Funds can be good holding individual stocks and certain exchange traded funds that are lean, mean and clean with low loads to no loads. 
there's where you need to be. Mutual funds were created by Wall Street for Wall Street and got populated almost like by gunpoint into the 401k realm and was actually legislatively required to be the fund of choice. Well, how convenient was that for the brokerage firms across America? And that's in your 401k right now. We'll help you. We'll look over your shoulder and help you make some choices there on the money that we can't help you manage just yet today, but we can help you on what you choose. Anyway, just because a mutual fund or ETF is considered a large basket of stocks or bonds and some other similar investment type, that doesn't mean that they're actually diversified. In fact, they can own a lot of the same stuff, be very inefficient, have layers of cost, own other funds of funds of funds, each with their own internal cost factors too. Whew, wow. And how would you know? Well, it's, it's not something you would otherwise know. You know, it, it might be better diversified than investing in a few stocks or bonds, but it might not, see? And we can, we can we know the difference and we can help you with that. But overall, it's not the type of diversity that uh, we'd be referring to in our strategies. We don't just have portfolios. We have strategies, ways to engage the market uniquely. You know, a value and dividend strategy, a growth strategy, U.S., non-U.S., something that tracks the S&P with 50 to 60 stocks that you know provides dividends to. So you don't have to own a fund of 500 stocks like the S&P or own 500 stocks directly because you really can't. That take millions and millions and millions of dollars to own all of the 500 stocks. And, you know, just how about undervalued stocks? Those are opposed for COVID bounce, kind of post-COVID comeback stories. You know, just there's so many. So each of those are strategies. Why not have multiple strategies in your household of portfolios? You know, then, now you're talking about truly diversifying and being properly balanced. And then the balanced plan, you know, have the right green money. Break your money into buckets. We have color of money. Green money's less risky, safe money, you know, savings checking, money markets, fixed annuities, treasuries, if you will. Then you have yellow money versus red. Market-based investments, unmanaged with no repeatable process, method, or, or approach. That's red money, like blood red. Yellow However, still risk, but cautionary, is properly managed. That's what we provide. So in a balanced plan, we'll have you holding some green money and some yellow money, and we're going to get that red out. So and in the big picture of buckets of money, you should have some liquidity as a liquidity bucket. You should have an income bucket, a bucket of money set aside to solve for your income gap throughout retirement on a some prefer a guaranteed basis. So you can have a self-funded pension. You can use some annuities to have guarantees of income, like another social security check or pension check coming in. So add that to your fundamental income, your foundational income, and you have your income covered. That leaves the third bucket being for growth. It's that longer term bucket to be invested with risk in exchange for return over long periods of time because you don't have near term dependency on it. So a safer investment vehicle can be something like you know bonds, fixed annuities, fixed index annuities, Okay. Or there's also some things out there called registered index linked annuities. We have something out there that's more market oriented that has something of a buffer called the buffered index strategy. So it's not fully insured, but it has a market component that also ensures that, that some part of the market's downside, it will absorb by still allowing you to participate nicely on the upside as the market moves forward. You can use annuities as a bond replacement. If you think about it, bonds can go backwards. They can lose market value right? With the Fed dancing around on different interim rates um, with the treasuries and the yields and three-year, five-year, 10-year bonds, 30-year bonds, et cetera. It's just, there are ways to approach this where you don't have to take that bond risk. Annuities are uh, fixed annuities and fixed index annuities can be a very fine bond replacement strategy. So if you had a 70-30 portfolio, you might take 30% 
and put it in the fixed index annuity to play the part of a bond. And then the 70% would be 100% in equities. And as a household between the annuity and the market investment, you'd be a 70-30 investor. And you will eliminate the going backwards part on your safe money part of that 30%. Can't do that necessarily with bonds. Again, you can lose money on the equity and bond side, which sends your portfolio down. In regards to annuities, definitely not variable annuities. Definitely not variable annuities. Did you get that? If you have a variable annuity, run to our office if you can't get to your car in time. Beat us to our office. We need to analyze this. We're seeing routinely anywhere from 3 to 5% internal loads and expense. That's like you more than splitting your retirement with an entity. Now, at the end of the day, you might get some money to live off of, but at the end, very end of your day, they're going to have the rest of your money in their pocket. Just yeah. a reminder, that's 3 to 5% every year, every annual year. expenses. Yes. So, now, for compliance purposes, I need to step back a little bit and say that, you know, claims paying ability of the insurance company is what's vital about the security of an annuity. But we're talking about annuities structure in such a way that the cost factors are high and you need to be aware of it. And you may find it's OK for you, but you need to know the wrong time to find out is later in retirement when you're depending on this thing to be your safety net of income. And, it, it, and you can't do anything. You know, it's like checkmate then. So please, if you have a variable annuity of any kind that you got from a brokerage firm or a bank, please have it analyzed today, please. And then we'll look at your portfolio, too, and tell you what's going on inside that. There's no obligation. Please invest that time in yourself for your own good. Now, we're talking about safety, the definition, uh, you know, financial vehicles that provide guarantees against loss due to market risk. That's kind of the safer instruments we're speaking of that means fully insured investments from insurance companies. And while these vehicles vary slightly with regard to liquidity and how they're taxed, they all protect against the loss due to market risk. So anyway, they'll have stated rates of returns. They'll have some parameters on you know any charges for early withdrawals or excessive withdrawals. Because to provide safety, there has to be some kind of other mechanism at play. And it usually means a little less liquid. You could even potentially throw pensions and Social Security in there. Okay. Although there's been some recent question marks around both, how can you replicate something more stable than maybe your Social Security or your pension? A private investment that provides guaranteed income for the rest of your forever, your life of you and or your significant other. Now, riskier investments, they just can't do that. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, commodities, collectibles, real estate, that list goes on and on. They are riskier investments. They are risk oriented. There are no guarantees behind them. There's no guarantee that you know, you'll get income from it for life. When the market value of that account is empty, don't go to your mailbox. There's no check. There's no dividend. There's no money. Okay. Pretty scary concept if you don't have your ducks in the row. A balanced plan is where you belong. Now, you're probably wondering how much should I allocate towards safer vehicles and how much should I put towards riskier vehicles? Well, the answer will vary for everyone depending on income needs, lifestyles, goals, etc. But there's a good rule of thumb, James. Yeah, the rule of 100, or maybe the rule of 110. Now, remember, as a rule does not mean it applies to everyone. There are exceptions to this. But just in general, if you say rule of 110, subtract your age from the number 110, and the resulting figure is the percentage that you invest in equities or the risk riskier types of investments. And the other part is what you invest in the safer, whether it be the bonds or the bond replacement strategy, so if you're 60 years old, for example, your equation would be 50% in risk and then 50% in a safer investment such as the bond or bond replacement strategy. Now, we talked about rebalancing earlier where your equities and your bonds rebalance 
and the bonds are sold to buy equities on sale. So keep that in the mix because that was number four rebalance. James? Yes. So our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us so we can help. But on behalf of Greg, myself, James, and Barry, thank you for listening today. Have a great week. And remember this, sound money or good things are believable, achievable, and true for you. <laughs>